Cosmic form by your normal eyes, 
Therefore, I am giving you the divine vision, which is, may you see my glorious form. Having said that, then Lord Hari, one who removes all the papa, or removes the sins, or removes all the pain and suffering of the devotees, he indeed show his cosmic form to Arjuna. And it consisted of many, many faces, many eyes, and many wondrous sights, with many celestial ornaments and many celestial weapons were all lifted in number of arms or countless arms wearing celestial garlands and garments and anointed again celestial scents or fragrances Sarvasperimayam it was all nothing but total wondrous wondrous form seeing this Devam the splendent Lord Anandam infinite Vishwagomukham with the faces in every direction <coughs> And how are the effulgence of this, of this cosmic form? Sanjaya says, if one thousand suns were to simultaneously shine or rise in the sky, what would be the, the effulgence? Whether that effulgence also would compare with the effulgence of the cosmic form or not, I do not know. I do not think that even the combined effulgence of one thousand suns would compare with the effulgence of this cosmic form. <coughs> At that time, Pandava Arjuna saw in the body of Lord Krishna itself the entire creation divided in manifold ways in the body of Lord Krishna and Vismaya Vishtaha, one who was struck with awe, overwhelmed with the awe, Hrushtaroma with hair standing on the edge, Dhananjaya, this great glorious Arjuna, Pranamishrasa, bowing down to Lord with his head. Different kinds of prana, different kinds of salutations are there. One salutation is just holding our hands. This is a salutation. So when I greet somebody and fold our hand, fold my hand, you know it's an indication that my hands are available to you. Look, my hands are empty and I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. This is what all this also means. Apart from greeting, greeting also and, and saluting the Lord who is in your heart, also greeting in this way means that I am available to you. My hands are all available to you. See, I have nothing in my hands available to you. When we, when we prostrate with our head, head stands for our intellect, <coughs> our ego. All right, my intellect is now given to you. That means that you think through me. And that is how my intellect is available to you. Ego is available to you to do whatever you want. And when you salute, we are prostrate with the whole body. That means that my whole being is at your feet. <coughs> Here Arjuna also salutes the Lord with his head, Kuranjalihi Ahashata, with his folded hands, he says this, and confirming, acknowledging what it is. Pasyama Devan Tavadeva Dehe. O Deva, O Lord, I see in your body all the various gods of celestial beings. Sarvam Satha Bhuta Vishesh Sanghan. Out of the people are beings of various forms. <coughs> Brahma, Misham, and what? And, and now the wondrous thing is thing. Here I see even Brahma. I see even the Creator also. Kamala Sanastam, seated in the lotus seat. <coughs> Some people explain, Brahmanam, Isham. Isham is a Lord. So Brahma, the Creator, is a Lord. But some may also explain, Isha also means Lord Shiva. Brahmanam, I see Brahma. Isham, I see Lord Shiva. Kamala Sanastam, Kamala means Lakshmi. Kamala Sarastha, one who is seated beside Lakshmi, that is Narayana. 
So that way you explain this, I see Brahma, the creator, I see Lord Narayana, the preserver, along with Lakshmi, I see Shiva, the destroyer, I see all these devatas. And they have different abodes. So Lord Shiva is in Kailasa, and Lord Narayana is in Vaikuntha, so when Lord Brahma is in the Satyaloka, I see all of them. Rasim <coughs> Sarvan, I see all the various sages, Urugam Shilivyan, and I see celestial snakes, so the snakes and uh, cobras also have a lot to do in the mythology. And so, uh, again and again they appear. Of course, in, every, in all religious, spiritual cultures we see that, but in India also we find snake is associated with every, all the deities in one way or the other. Of course, with Lord Shiva the snake is associated because snakes are crawling on his body and they form the various ornaments of Lord Shiva also. Not only that, but the, the band and the waistband also is a snake. <coughs> Lord Vishnu also. So snake or the cobra forms a very seed, so upon it he is, he is reclining. And that with his head, the cobra is sheltering him, you know, like, like an umbrella. And Lord Krishna also is dancing on a, on a cobra. So association with snakes and cobras are there of these devatas. <coughs> They stand for different things. Sometimes explain that the snake stands for the, uh, the serpentine energy, what the kundalini, you know, and this is what it stands for. Sometimes the snakes are explained as a, snakes are uh, vicious, so uh, uh, poisonous, and so they stand for the vicious tendency there in the mind. And uh, showing how when Lord Krishna dances on the cobra, how that shows the mastering of all the vicious tendencies. That also is, is indicated different ways this is explained. I see all of these snakes, the celestial snakes, and then continuing with the verse 16 on the page 10. Aneka bahudara vaktra netram Aneka bahudara vaktra netram Pasyamitvam sarvato nantarupam Pasyamitvam sarvato nantarupam <coughs> Nantam namadhyanna punastavadim Nantam namadhyanna punastavadim Pasyami Vishweshwara Vishwarupa Pasyami Vishweshwara Vishwarupa So Arjuna continues describing the, the cosmic form that he is seeing Anek bahudara vakrametram Anek means many Aneka means more than one actually but here it is Many are countless. Bahud <coughs> arms, Udara the stomachs, Vakra the faces, Netra the eyes. O Lord, I see your form having countless arms and countless stomachs and countless countless mouths and countless eyes. Pasyamitvam sarvataha anantarupam. Sarvataha in every direction, anantarupam. So you are having your form is infinite. Arjuna says that the Lord's form is ananta, infinite. Well, there is no anta, there is no end at all. In terms of space, I see no end in your form. In terms of time, also I don't see in your form. In terms of the vastu. So three kinds of anta, the limitations are described. Deshataha, kalataha, vastutaha. Deshataha, meaning the limitations, the reference to the place or the space, there is certain, a thing is always confined to one place and is not available simultaneously at another place. I am here and not elsewhere. This is limitation in space. Time. I am here for a particular period of time. Not before and not later. This is limitation of the reference to time. And that I am a human being, 
and not a snake or something like that. That means I possess humanness. The qualifications also are limited and that I do not possess other qualifications. That this is a rose and it's not a lotus. So that's the limitation of the reference to vastu or limitation of the reference to thing or the qualifications. So anandam, Lord, I find that you are free, limitless with reference to time. You are in all the time, in all the places and everything is in you. So there is nothing that is apart from you. Time is not apart from you, space is not apart from you, and nothing, no object is apart from you. And of course our concept of God is nothing is apart from God. That is, God is not someone who is contrasted from devil or something like that. Even devil also is part of God only, because he is all pervasive. He is the substratum of everything, what we call good and bad. Inasmuch as bad or bad is something as opposed to good, but good and bad are both only relative. And both of them spring from that which is absolute, which is free from the ideas of good and bad. And therefore, the concept of God here is all-inclusive, does not exclude anything. And therefore, what we call evil, or what we call devil also, if you really investigate as to what is the really essence of the devil, you will, you will find godliness there also. It's only out of ignorance. So we accept what we call ignorance. And it's ignorance that brings about all this evil. But ignorance itself is that which can be described by knowledge of the true nature of oneself, meaning that that which appears evil also in the truth is nothing but God. Evil also is just an appearance. Uh, and so it's relative. It also can be described. And therefore I see Ananda, I see that you are limited with the reference to everything. You are all including. Nothing is excluded from you. That's called Purana also. Purana means that which is complete. <coughs> Sarvataha anandarupam. So I see your forms are infinite or endless forms you have. Nantam namadhyam na punastavadim pasyami. Oh Lord, I don't see the anta. I don't see where this form ends. Namadhyam, I don't see what's the middle. Because Avi, I don't see where it begins. I don't see where this the cosmic form begins. I don't see where it ends. And therefore, I don't see what is the middle. Because middle is that which can be determined by reference to the beginning and the end. And when I don't see beginning, nor do I see end, Arjuna says, I don't see the middle, beginning and anything. Yeah? <coughs> hey Vishwarupa, you are Vishwarupa. Vishwarupa means one for whom is Vishwa, the whole universe is a form. One of universal form, one of cosmic form. But if we say that God is of cosmic form, if that is God, then God also becomes limited in a way. Because cosmos, however great or however vast it is, it is still limited in as much as even the cosmos also has a beginning, also has a middle, also has an end ultimately. So if Lord were merely Vishwarupa, meaning of cosmic form, then that also would become limited in as much as it is manifest. So you know, Vishweshwara, you are no doubt, all the, all the forms are yours, but Vishweshwara, you are Ishwara, you are the Lord of the Vishwa, you are the Lord of the universe. So you are manifest as the universe, at the same time you are the Lord of the universe, meaning you transcend the universe also. So you are both immanent as well as, but then not limited. So you are manifest as the universe, but not limited by the fact that you are manifest because in reality you remain the one that is above the universe. So the Lord of the whole universe, meaning the one who is the overlord and one who has assumed all the forms. Now that's very interesting. Vishweshwara and Vishwarupa. See, we say that he is the Lord of the universe. When we say he is the Lord, 
That means the Lord is always different from one who is lorded over, I guess, you know. If you are a ruler, the natural ruler is different from the ruled. Therefore, you know, the Vishwarupa, even the ruled also is you. So, Vishweshwara, the ruler of the whole universe. Then that would distinguish him from the universe. He says, no, Vishwarupa, you are the whole universe also. The ruler also you are, and the rule also you are. This is mind, this is baffling, you know. This is mind-boggling, but this is the concept of God the Vedanta presents before us. And that really resolves many problems in our minds. Otherwise, if you look upon God, or as Lord, as a ruler, then we may have a lot of problems with Him, because how can He rule the universe in this way? Why does He do and why does He not do something else? There are a lot of problems. And we would certainly like to see the universe different from what it is. And we may feel also sometimes there's unfairness here. Some people are treated unfairly, Swami. There's no justice, there's no fairness. People who abuse the dharma, the righteousness, they get away with all kinds of things. And there's so many complaints we have. But the Vedantins answered all of this is what? Vishwarupa. Understand that that which is ruled also is him. So the one, suppose we think that there is injustice in the universe, all right, the one who is the, in, the, in the place of doing justice is him, and the one who suffers from injustice also is him. What does it mean? It means that all this is play. Is it not so? If he is the ruler, and he is the ruled, then the rulership cannot be real, because I can't rule myself really. Then the ruler also is an appearance, and ruled also is an appearance. Which means it is mitya. The ruler idea is that on the surface it appears that it is injustice, that it is harming in some places, but when you really penetrate the surface, you find that all of that resolves into one harmony. And this is the only this is the most comforting thing about the world and about ourselves also. A lot of complaints we have about the world because a lot of dissatisfaction we have about our own self also. But what Vedanta keeps telling us again and again, and that, that just do not confine your, do not make conclusions based on what you perceive superficially, but pursue an inquiry up to the end. As Ramana Master always used to ask, say, you know, anybody asking a question and say, who is asking question? Similarly also, we have to say that whenever, before we draw a conclusion about anything, that there is justice or injustice, fairness, unfairness, whatever it is, or pain or suffering, before we draw that conclusion, let us probe into what is the ultimate, ultimate nature of that which appears to be suffering or what. We found that in ultimate nature it is nothing but Brahma. <coughs> in that case, the suffering, etc., all becomes apparent. They become inconsequential in a way. Things are consequential or of consequence if they are the ultimate reality. But if they are not ultimate reality, then they do not remain of a great consequence. That is called mitya. That is called mitya which is of no great consequence. Of some consequence it is because we will live in it. And therefore we will deal with that. But it is of no great consequence in as much as all that, that also is okay. <coughs> because it is apparent. Arjuna continues to describe Lord Krishna's form, the cosmic form. This is all beautiful form is describing. With the hair standing on the edge, you know, with manipulations, with uh, the sense of wonder. Different sentiments are described here. 
In Bhagavad Gita, basically, what we call Shantarasa, the tranquility prevails, but in the eleventh chapter here, different kinds of rasava sentiments are described. The sentiment of wonder, the sentiment of fear, the, all these different sentiments are described here. Yeah? So far, Arjuna is, is happy, he is enjoying, it's a great wonder that he is experiencing. In his seventeenth verse, he continues to describe. <coughs> Kiritinam gadinam chakriyancha, Kiritinam gadinam chakriyancha, Tejorasim sarvato deetimantam, Tejorasim sarvato deetimantam, Pashyamitvam durniriksham samantad, Pashyamitvam durniriksham samantad, Deetanalarkadyutimakramayam, <coughs> a good exercise of chanting also, you know. And how I see you? Kiritinam, Gadinam, Chakriyamcha. This is a conventional form in, uh, in which Lord Vishnu or Lord Narayana is portrayed. As you know, Lord Krishna is the incarnation of Lord Vishnu or Lord Narayana. And Lord Narayana is conveyed traditionally shown as standing with four arms, Chaturbhaja, and wielding different weapons in his arms, or different things in his arms. Shankha, Chakra, Gada, Padma. Shankha, on one hand of the Lord is conch. Chakra, other hand there is the Chakra, discus. And Gada, in, a, in the third hand there is Gada, the maze. In the fourth hand, there is Padma or Lotus. So, conch, discus, mace and Lotus. Sankha, Chakra, Gada, Padma. So, this is how Lord Narayana is shown. Different devatas or gods are shown with different number of arms and different weapons. All of them have significance. And basically, those weapons and things that they hold in their hands, they reveal something about the particular deity, <coughs> particular aspect of God. So, Sankha means conch, and the conch is a sound, stands for creation. Like in case of Lord Dakshinamurti also, he has a little drum. So, in one, one hand, like Dakshinamurti has a, a little drum, and that stands for the sound, and stands for the space, and stands for creation. Akasha, Dvahiruka, the first element that appears is space, and from that the whole universe is emerged, and therefore, in case of Lord Dakshinamurti, the Damuru, the little drum. In case of Lord Narayana, that conch, that represents the principle of creation. Here Lord Dakshinamurti has a flame in his hand. Fire, that is the, that stands for destruction. In case of Lord Narayana, he has a discus, a chakra, which destroys, which also represents fire or destruction. So conch represents creation, discus represents destruction, and of course, he represents the preservation. So, creator, preserver, destroyer. And he has a mace in one hand. That represents that he is Ishwar, he is a Lord, he is ordainer. Because you require, the, you require something to punish if necessary. That is, to maintain the law. So, he is a Dharma Gopta, a protector of Dharma, protector of righteousness. And therefore, wherever unrighteousness is there, you require to straighten it out. Or we can say that he protects his devotees from, from the evil elements and therefore he uses gada or even maize with which he protects the devotees. 
or is amazed with this, he maintains the order in the universe because he's the ordainer. In the four, in the fourth hand, Lord Narayana is a Padma, a lotus. Lotus stands for, lotus stands for purity. It is a symbol of knowledge. So lotus is a symbol of knowledge. It is a symbol of grace and purity and therefore he showers his grace or imparts knowledge. So, one Swami used to nicely explain the Shankha, Chakra, Gada, Padma. That look, Lord blows his coins, inviting us. He is blowing his coins, inviting us. But unfortunately, these human beings are so preoccupied with their worldly pleasures that they don't listen to him. He is right in our heart, inviting us there, but then we only run away to the objects of the world. Like Lord Krishna. Lord Krishna in the morning goes out with the cows, taking the cows for grazing. And the cows see the grazing fields and they run there. Not realizing that the raw Lord is behind them. And then when they turn away from the Lord, then they see the grass, meaning they see the pleasures. And so also these jivas, they turn away from the Lord when they see the pleasures of the world. And therefore, Lord Narayana invites them. Lord Krishna has his flute, Lord Narayana has his conch, with that he invites them. If they come, that is well and good, they don't come. Then he uses his mace, he stretches out his hand and gives a little stroke. Just to draw the attention, but his mace is heavy. So when one stroke comes, you know, then it comes as a, as a big impact. So now and then we find that there are some painful events in our life. We feel that we are being punished, but perhaps it may not be punishment. It may be God's way of drawing our... Because we, we were not sensitive enough to listen to the sound of the conch. And therefore, we need a little blow. So some blows come sometimes. It is nice. And then we... We turn and look at him. We go towards him. And then what does he do? If you still further don't do that, then he uses chakra, he uses mace, you know, to, to destroy that ego through the pain and so forth. But if you turn towards him, then with lotus, he imparts the knowledge. Or sometimes the chakra, with chakra he destroys his, the ego of his devotee also and gives him the, the lotus, which is the, the knowledge. See, Lord Narayana's chakra is called Sudarshana. Sudarshana. Darshana means darshan, you know. Darshana means what? Vision. Sudarshana. Sushtu darshanam. Beautiful vision. So, in fact, it's amazing how that very weapon of destruction is called Sudarshana. Because it destroys what? The evil. Destroys the ignorance of the devotee. And that's how he gets darshana. He gets the knowledge of vision of the Lord, which is represented by the lotus. So this is how they explain. The four arms also explain the four states sometimes. The waking, dream, deep sleep, and then the substratum, turiya. Or sometimes the four, uh, four and tahkaranam, manaha, buddhihi, chittam, ahankaraha. Or four directions, four quarters, meaning that his arms are everywhere, he's all pervasive. And the different weapons in the arms also indicate that he's the one who wills and who is the Lord, shows his omnipotence. So, in different ways we interpret this, but this is how Arjuna sees that here. Arjuna sees that form, Kiritinam, O Lord, I see you with Kirita, with a diadem, or with a crown, Gadiram, with Gada or a mace in his hand, Chakrinam, with Chakra or that, that discus in your hand, <coughs> another hand, Tejo Rashim, a mass of brilliance, 
I see you as a mass of brilliance. Tejo Rasim Sarvataha Deeptimantam. And you are present on all sides. So Arjuna finds the Lord the mass of brilliance, which is present on all sides. <coughs> Durmiriksham. Lord, you are very difficult to see, impossible to see, because plain eyes cannot see that. Why is it so? So how is the brilliance? The brilliance of the Lord is compared. Arjuna gives you an example to compare the brilliance of the Lord. Deepta anala arkat dhitim apra... dhitim. Deepta anala arkat dhitim. Deepta means blazing. Anala means fire. And arka means sun. So like a blazing fire or the blazing sun, that is how your effulgence is. And then the Dhevanirikshan, that which is very difficult to see. But still I see. So Arjuna here expresses his great gratitude that this form could not be seen by his eyes because they were completely blinded. But because I am blessed with this divine eyes, therefore, Dhevanirikshan, that which is even extremely difficult to see, that also I see by your grace. Samantat, I see it always. It is not that he just sees the front. So not that Arjuna sees merely the front or the side of the Lord. He sees him in all ways. Samantata. Samantata means in all sides from every angle I see you. Look at Arjuna's vision. He is able to see Lord every, in every, every angle. So the drasti that he has got does not confine you to see the Lord merely from front. But it is Samantata. I see you from all the directions. <coughs> Aparamayam. Immeasurable. Lord, I find it immeasurable because there is no measure of you in Aparamayam. This is how I see you. <coughs> and seeing all this is, Arjuna now expresses his opinion. Shankaraji here gave an introduction. <coughs> when I see a Yoga Shakti Allah, when I see this form of yours, Anuminami, I infer. Now I understand. I, now I, I can, I, now I have a conviction of what all I have listened to. It is not necessary to this form. But sometimes seeing the forms also gives us a conviction. It is not necessary to see Lord in a given form, at least as far as Vedantins are concerned. Because ultimately you want to know the Lord as our own self. But when you are worshipping Lord in a given form, and when you have darshana or vision of that form sometimes, like many devotees or the mystics, they, 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 they tell us or we see that so many the devotees is to see Lord in a given form, that just confirms, it confirms our shraddha, it confirms our faith and also gives us a conviction. So that is the use it has. <coughs> Here also seeing this cosmic form of the Lord, Arjuna says, now I have this conviction. So whatever it is that I heard so far, Seeing this form, I am now convinced that this is what you are. And then in the next verse, Arjuna expresses his conviction, which comes because of seeing this saguna. So what, what Arjuna is seeing is what we call the saguna. I mean the form of the Lord with all qualities, with all attributes, with all forms. And on, from that, he gains a conviction about the Lord who is beyond the forms. Now I can see that you are that. And that is what is expressed in the next verse, in the 18th verse. Tvamaksharam paramam veditavyam Tvamaksharam paramam veditavyam Tvamasya vishvasya param nidhanam 
Meaning all the scriptures ultimately reveal him. But how about the books of science? What we call secular knowledge? What do they reveal? How about physics and chemistry and any other, any other branch of science also, or any other branch of knowledge, what is that these books reveal? They also reveal him alone. So whether it's a physicist or a chemist or whoever he is, each one of them is in the search of the truth, which ultimately is this alone. So Vedatavyam, O Lord, you are the one who is to be known, and you are the one who should be known. Vedatavyam means that which must be known. Without knowing which, our knowledge is incomplete. Kinopanishad says that if you know this truth, then our life is meaningful. If this truth is not known, Mahati Vinastri, a great calamity is as the waiting for us. So Vedatavyam, you are the only one that is to be known, and you are the one that must be known, because that is the main agenda of this human life. Tomascharishvasya param nidhanam. So you are the very nidhanam. You are the very, Nidhana means the container of the receptacle. So you are the container, you are the receptacle, or you are the very support of this entire creation. Meaning that the entire creation, when it suffers dissolution, it gets back to you. Like all these parts, when they break down, that is when they dissolve, they go back into clay. And so everything ultimately goes back into its material cause. So when Arjuna says that you are Nidhanam, you are the ultimate receptacle of the whole universe, meaning that you are the material cause and from you the whole universe emerges and unto you the whole universe ultimately goes back. Tum you are changeless. Seeing all the changes, Arjuna says, I know that you are the changeless. Shastra dharma gopta, you are gopta the protector of dharma. Dharma means the, the eternal law, Shastra dharma, the eternal law. Dharma, see Hinduism, also, they like to really call it Sanatana Dharma. The traditional Hindus do not, they like to call the Dharma what, you know, Sanatana Dharma. Dharma means the basic values, Sanatana is eternal. Because that is a religion that is founded on eternal values. Shastra Dharma. I mean, as much as this Dharma is revealed by the Vedas, which are also looked upon as Shastra or perennial. And Vedas reveal a Dharma or a truth which is also perennial. And then Vedas also reveal a way of the very basic values of life that are also perennial. And therefore this dharma is called Shastra Dharma, a perennial dharma, a perennial righteous way, or a perennial set of values. Gopta, you are the protector of them. Because in the fourth chapter, Lord Krishna himself revealed that I take the incarnation in order to protect the dharma. So I see now that you have taken even this form. Even the cosmic form, which is going to be very frightening as it proceeds, Arjuna recognizes that this form also is for protection of dharma. <coughs> Subsequently, Lord Arjuna will see and Lord Krishna shows him as to how ultimately the Pandavas are going to win and Kauravas are going to lose. And Pandavas stands for dharma. In that sense also one can say that Lord Krishna's form is for the protection of dharma. <coughs> Sanatanastvam you are eternal, Purushaha, you are a complete being. Puratvat Purushaha, one who is complete. Or Purushayanat, one who is the self of all, Matome. Oh Lord, this is how, this is my opinion. This is my opinion, this is my conviction. Seeing your form, this conviction arises in me. 
मीनिंग देर मारेट सगुण बिकम्स अ गेट वे फॉर नॉलेज ऑफ निर्गुण दिस इज वॉट इज सेज है वॉट अर्जुन सगुण विथ फॉर्म्स एंड विथ क्वालिटीज एंड एक्सिब्यूट एंड दैट परसेप्शन बिकम्स अ गेट वे फॉर नोइंग विद निर्गुण और फॉर्म दैट विच इज बियॉन्ड गुण अदर एक्सिब्यूट कंटिन्यूइंग इज डिस्क्रिप्शन अर्जुना सेज अनाध्यामीर अनाध्यामीर अनंतमाहुम शशि सूर्य अनंतमाहुम शशि सूर्य पश्यां दीप्तहुताशवक्रम पश्यां दीप्तहुताशवक्रम स्वतेजसा विश्वद तपंत अनादि मध्यांतम हैविंग नो आदि नो बिगिनिंग नो अंत नो एंड नो मध्य लॉर्ड आई सी एस वन हैविंग नो बिगिनिंग नो मिडल नो एंड अनंत वीरियम हैविंग इन्फिनिट वेलर आई सी ऑल्सो यू एस हैविंग इन्फिनिट वेलर वीरियम Whether that is required for creation, sustenance, resolution, and so forth, I see you possessed of the total power of valor. Ananda Bahum, valor is always in arms because you are having infinite arms, infinite, countless arms. Shashi Surya Netram. Another feature that Ajna sees here is Shashi Surya Netram. So Lord Vishnu is shown as having two eyes, eyes of sun and the moon. Even Lord Dakshinamurti is shown. Cosmic form is always shown that way. In Lord Dakshinamurti, also we see above the right eye we see sun, above the left eye we see moon. So sun and moon. Of course, Lord Shiva has a third eye also, which is fire. Lord Vishnu has his two eyes, sun and moon, which is very beautiful. So with one eye, the Lord keeps on showering the lights, illuminating the path of everyone. And another eye keeps on showering the the joy, the pleasure, because moon is that which pleases everyone. So sun, of course, he illumines. The sun illumines, but it scorches also. But the moon illumines, but it does not scorch. Moon illumines the past, removes the darkness also. At the same time, gives a tremendous pleasure. So moon is pleasing. So one stands for the male principle, other stands for the female principle. The sun and the moon. And the interaction between the two is what brings about the whole universe. That's how Upanishads describe, like Prashna Upanishad describes, how the sun and moon were first created, and by the interaction, the whole universe is subsequently created. Because of sun, we have the day and the night, and because of the moon also, we have the bright half and the left half, and then we have, of course, all the seasons. All of these are there because of sun and moon. Had it not been there. Then, if seasons were not there, if these changes are not there, no life would have been possible. So, it is not possible on other planets like moon, etc. But here is possible on on Earth because of this. And so, Shashi Surya Netram, that which gives a life, sun gives a life, and moon sustains a life. One nourishes, so one creates, other one nourishes. <coughs> and also, sun and moon also demonstrate how constantly they are at work. Lord Krishna also says here, or Lord Narayana is telling us, "Then look at me, how constantly my eyes, through I am constantly functioning. The sun also is a great karma yogi; he is always active. Not only he illumines the whole universe with his light, but with his heat also. 
see, heats the water, evaporates, converts into clouds, and then brings about the rain. The moon also joins them. So sun brings about the clouds, the moon cools them, and that's how the rain is possible. The sun and moon are constantly working in order to bless the, the universe. And so the eyes of the sun and the moon, with which he's, with the eyes of the sun, he watches everything during the day. With the eye of the moon, he watches everything during the night. And therefore, he's all the time the witness of everything. Physifuryanaitram, <coughs> O Lord, I see you as sun and moon, as your eyes. Pashyamitram, Deepahuta Shavatram. The fire must be here also, in a different place. In case of Lord Shiva, the fire is in the, in the forehead. In case of Lord Vishnu, where is the fire? Deep the Hutashavatram. Fire is in his mouth. <coughs> so, mouth is like the blazing fire. So, fire is looked upon as mouth of the Lord. With mouth we eat the food. And fire becomes a mouth because when we worship God, we worship God through what we call yajna or sacrificial fires. So, when we light the fire and invoke the God and make the offering, so all the offerings of God are made in fire. That is how conventionally in the Vedic time the worship was performed in a fire ritual. As I said, the gods will be invoked in the fire and we make our offerings in the fire. So fire is there, is that it eats everything that is given. So it's kahutashana, the one who eats whatever is offered, all the oblations are offered there. So therefore, that fire is called the mouth. So we eat our mouth. And God eats with his mouth, which is fire. Hutashavaktram, I see your mouth like a blazing fire. <coughs> and Arjuna will subsequently see how the flames are emerging from the various mouths of the Lord. But also is a sign of destruction. Because the fire generally stands for the destruction. So I see you, slowly now the form is changing. In the beginning the form was very pleasing and with great wonder. And slowly now Arjuna sees what? He sees the fire, the flames emerging from the mouths of the Lord. Pashyamitvam, Deepthahutashavaktram, I see you with your mouth like blazing fire. Svatevasa, Vishwamidam tapantam, and scorching the whole universe, tapantam, scorching the whole universe by your own light, by your own effulgence. So now Arjuna sees that that light is slowly becoming scorching. I see your mouth, with like blazing fire and you scorching the entire universe with your effulgence. Again, continuing, that you are all pervasive. So Lord is not only all-powerful, almighty, also is omnipresent. And that omnipresence of the Lord also is described in the next verse, 20. Dhyava prasivyoridamantaram hi Dhyava prasivyorida mantaram hi Vyaptam tvayaitena dishascha sarvaha Vyaptam tvayaitena dishascha sarvaha Drishtvadhutam rupa mugram tavedam Drishtvadhutam rupa mugram tavedam Lokatrayam pravyasitam mahatman Lokatrayam pravyasitam mahatman Dhyava prasidhyoho antarami tvaya ekena vyaptam idamantaram. O Lord, I see. Dhyava prasidhyoho idamantaram. Dhyava means heavens, prasidhyoho means the earth. Dhyava prasidhyoho, 
between the earth and the heavens, in a mantaram, the space that obtains between the earth and the heavens, Tvaya Ekayana Vyaptam is all completely pervaded by you alone. So as far as they are concerned, you proceed the earth is the bottom of the whole universe. And the heavens represent the top of the whole universe. Understand? This is how it is, you know. So proceed of the earth is not taken yet in one of the planets and stuff like that. Earth is taken to be the very firmament of the whole universe, and the heavens is taken to be the other edge of the whole universe. That's how the whole universe is called Brahmana, it is like a, a spherical form, and the whole universe is in between. And thus, when Arjuna says that, I see, O Lord, that the entire space between earth and the heavens is pervaded by you, meaning that the entire universe is pervaded by you. By you alone, and the whole thing is pervaded, there is nothing but you. That means Arjuna sees here the Lord, the space actually pervades everything. But here Arjuna finds the Lord pervading the space also. So I see you pervading the space between the heavens and the earth. That means you are all pervasive. This is Sasarvaha. In all the quarters also are pervaded by you. Thus you are all pervasive. That is, Arjuna sees that. So Arjuna sees the Lord as Almighty. He sees the Lord as all pervasive. He sees the Lord as eternal, that means in all the times. He sees the Lord as in all, he sees all the beings offering the Lord, and thus he sees how the Lord is infinite reference to time and space and then objects and objectivity. <coughs> and now, seeing this form, now Arjuna starts expressing his sentiment. Dhrishtvadhutam rupa mugram tavedam tavedam ugram rupam adbhutam rupam dhrishtva. No doubt, O oh Lord, your form is wondrous, adbhutam. And which is wonder, wonderful is your form, but at the same time with what? Ugram, Kruram, is also very frightening. Seeing this most wondrous and frightening form of yours, Lokatram, Pravyasitam, all the three worlds, again worlds are looked upon as three, the earth, the heavens, and the intermediate world, that is the whole universe. I see that the entire universe also is shaken with fear. I see, O Lord, that Seeing your wondrous but frightening form, the entire universe consisting of three worlds, meaning the beings of all the three worlds are all shaken with fear. He Mahatman, for his address is Mahatma. One whose Mahatma means one whose Atma is Mahan, one whose Atma is all pervasive. In this case, Atma means mind, one whose mind is all pervasive, meaning one who is large hearted. Mahatma means large hearted. One interesting Interpretation given over Mahatma. What Atma, one of the meaning of Atma is stomach also, or belly, stomach. So Mahatma means one having a large stomach. So many Mahatmas, I think, so many sadhus also are called Mahatmas, perhaps because they fulfill this qualification, having a large stomach. Yeah. But here, of course, Lord is Mahatma, meaning he is large hearted. Akshudra Swabhava, the one who is large hearted. So why is he saying that? Because he is invoking something from the Lord, not only the world is afraid, but slowly he is also getting afraid. And so now another sentiment is coming. From the wonder, slowly Arjuna's mood is changing into one of fear. <coughs> so far he says, Lokatrayam Pravyasadam, I find the beings in all the three worlds are frightened. He still does not see himself as frightened. So far he sees the rest of the world as frightened. <coughs> 
And here Shankaracharya explains that all of these that Lord now is sort of prepared or what the Lord, Lord is doing is that he wants to show Arjuna a very specific thing. Arjuna had earlier declared, uh, revealed a certain amount of doubt. Yadva jayena, yadivano jayehu, whether we shall win or they will win. A little doubt appeared to be there in the mind of Arjuna. So Lord Krishna wants to clear the doubt. I want to show Arjuna that Arjuna have no doubt that you people are going to win. And Arjuna sees that victory right here. And that's what Lord wants to show. And that's why we find that this form of the Lord is slowly changing in a frightening form as he is here to devour everything. And that devouring, frightening form is what Arjuna sees now. And that is being shown to him deliberately in order to convince him that they are going to be winners. And so, that Pandavajam Aikantikam Dasyami, the Lord is resolved as though he is going to show that Pandavas are definitely going to win. And with that, he says in the next verse, <coughs> Arjuna sees, Ami Hitvam Surasangha Vishanti, Ami Hitvam Surasangha Vishanti, Kechit Bhita Pranjala Yogrananti, Kechit Bhita Pranjala Yogrananti, Swasti Chitva Maharshi Siddha Sanghaha, Swasti Chitva Maharshi Siddha Sanghaha, Stuvantitvam Stutirih Pushkalavihi, Stuvantitvam Stutirih Pushkalavihi. Amihitvam Surasangha Vishanti, the Lord's mouth is that, like the, like the blazing fire, and what is Arjuna now see? Here I see all the hosts, Surasanghaha, Suram is the Devgas of God. Here I see the hosts of all the celestial beings entering their mouth. So, the way to explain is that all these warriors who are on the side of Pandavas, all the warriors who are on the side of Pandavas of Dharma, many of them are nothing but the gods who take an incarnation specially to aid this, this agenda of the Lord. So Lord Krishna has taken the incarnation of certain agenda and that is to destroy the evil. <coughs> in fulfilling that agenda he needs help also and therefore many gods or celestial beings also have taken incarnation in a human form and many of them are present here in this battlefield on the side of Pandavas. And Arjuna says, here I see Sura, Sura means God, so the celestial beings, Sangaha means a host of them. I see hosts of these celestial beings or gods or devatas entering you. So, recently so entering you, entering you means what? Meeting their death, meeting the end, this is what I see. <coughs> In short, Arjuna sees the hosts of the people, his armies, entering the Lord. Meaning that, entering into death, Keshit Bhitaha, and many of them are fight, totally frightened. There are many who are very brave and therefore they don't mind facing the death. But there are many who are really afraid of death and they are Bhitaha. So many of them frightened and not capable of running away. So when these people are frightened and the death is facing them, they don't even have capability of running away from there, you know. Sometimes when you are frightened then you just get frozen there. You can't even scream, nothing happens. Like in the dream sometimes you see that 
a thief is standing right before me with a gun pointing at me, you know, I, I, I can't even move. I get frozen. I get stunned. So here also I find that many warriors, seeing the death in front of them, not able to turn away, they bhītaha, totally frightened, pranjalayo grananti, with the folded hands, they, they pray to you with the folded hands. I see them. And also it is said here that when a battle of this proportion is going on, where the best warriors of the earth are here, then we find that the celestial beings come there to watch this. We find Mahabharata Ramayana also we find that all the gods the celestial beings and many saints and sages and all these people, they come, they stand right in the sky, in the space, and they watch what is going on. Sometimes they even they shower the flowers, and sometimes shower the praises, they also they do. They are of course the side of God, or they are on the side of Dharma. So all these people are there. Sage Narada and many other people are there watching this. And they see that, oh ho, they see the omens and the bad omens. They find that, they see that what's going to happen, the great destruction is going to come. And therefore they are all concerned that the whole universe might meet with this destruction. Swasti, and therefore they are saying that, Swasti, may I be good, may let there be well-being, let there be good. Let the good not come to an end, let the world not come to an end, because they feel that the mood being such that maybe the whole universe might, might come to an end. Maharshi Siddha Sangaha, those of Maharshis, many of the great sages, and Siddha. All of these are celestial beings, or some kind of semi-divine beings. Siddha. Siddhartha, those people are born with uh, what we call the various powers, you know. So they talk of the eightfold spiritual powers. Siddhartha, those who are born with that. And these are, these sages and these Siddhartha, these people, are always around the Lord. So they are here. Maharshi Siddha Sangaha, Stuvanditvam, O Lord, they praise you. Pushkalavi Stutivihi. They worship you with praises. Lord. So Pushkalavi, with many, many Stutis or hymns are chanting in praise of you. <coughs> so I see this. I see that these people are, are entering into you, all frightened, praying to you. And thus, now from this verse on, Arjuna sees the frightening form of Lord Krishna. Because Lord Krishna is determined to show him that form for several purposes. One of the purposes, one of the purposes is to show him that the victory belongs to Pandavas. Another important purpose also will be revealed when Lord Krishna himself will reveal that. Okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasasyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Upanakunaha Ishvara Gururatmedi Murti Bhedari Bhajine Yoma Vajyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om